0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at
1: 384-1450. Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz, Saturday edition. I am Kelly Patrick in studio with Haven Harrington. Very excited about a great show. No shortage of material to talk about today. Haven, it's great to be Finally in studio with you. We're both Cards fans. We've got a big show lined up. And as I was saying to you before we went on the air, I think that us as Cardinals fans, whether we want to admit it or embrace it or deny it or what we want to do about it, we have an identity nationally. And it was, uh, the seed was planted with Rick Patino and his, his um, controversies, his... Uh, unfaithfulness to his wife and I think that Clint Hurt not only being on the staff, staying on the staff with his man Charlie Strong, but us keeping him around on the Bobby Petrino staff, and obviously Bobby Petrino gives us an image, and I want to know Haven, what your take is what you, are you embracing this new reputation it's win at all costs I don't think anyone is worried about us getting in any trouble with the NCAA, I think that's very important what do you think of our reputation as kind of slimy we like to win a little bit slimy. In the immortal words
2: of the great Al Davis, <laughs> just win, baby. And and that's and let's be honest, this is college sports. This is what college sports has become. It is a business. Now, did U did you get harpooned on Twitter and national. social media and national media by every sportscaster? Analyst in the country about us hiring Petrino, yes. I mean, one of the best write-ups out there is uh, Matt Matt Zemeck of uh, collegefootballnews.com dot com had had a great write-up about this and just how you know he thought that you know Petrino should coach again, but he shouldn't get a AQ automatic qualifier BCS level conference job. Does again. that even
1: matter anymore?
2: Uh, not really, but I think
1: I think that's the only distinction we have at the moment we're still considered the big leagues. You have to still have strength of schedule. If you go undefeated in Conference USA, you probably won't be ranked in the top four going forward. No, we won't. So maybe he should have gotten something like a com- comparable to a Conference USA type job is what this guy was suggesting.
2: Yeah, where he is now, West
1: Kentucky. Yeah.
2: was perfect, Conference USA. That That's where he should stay. That's his purgatory forever. Uh, but, you know, we here in Louisville believe in, in second, third, sometimes even fourth and fifth chances, apparently. Uh, I was reading a, a post that one of my friends posted that the Pope was coming to town and he's going to bless Louisville. It's the most forgiving city in all the world. And it is, but you know, personally, was I for the hire of Bobby Petrino? No. Will I know Bobby win? Yes. I mean, you can look at his record Arkansas. When he first got to Arkansas, he went slightly worse than, then Houston nut the year before he went five and seven. Then he went eight and four. Then he made a big jump to 10-3, and and then before he left, he was 11-2. and So Top, Top-notch coach, there's no denying it. Yeah, he took a bottom feeder like Arkansas, which was maybe a step above Kentucky and
1: Vanderbilt, but like right there with the Mississippi schools, it made them elite. I want to know what our listeners have to say about it. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline, 502-384-1450. If you're a Cats fan, I know we got Cats fans listening out there. What does this do to our reputation? I know, obviously, it gives you all sorts of Photoshop opportunities with uh, Papa John Schneider, um, uh, Patino, Petrino, Clint Hurt. You're going to have a field day, not only over the next few weeks, but over the next ye- you know many years. So this is all sorts of material. But if you're a Cards fan, are you okay with embracing this image that Al Davis saying win at all costs? I am. I'm a Cards fan, and I've said it for a while. I'm not looking for my... Coaches to, you know, watch my kids. I like winners. I want someone who's a national championship winner. Tom Jurek hired Petrino, I think in large part, because he had just seen what showing forgiveness can bring you in sticking with Rick Pitino through all his controversies. got
2: a championship.
1: He got a championship. He's a national champion. I love it. I, I have no problem at all. I'm not worried that we're going to go on NCAA, uh, you know, probation or anything like that. I, well, that's th- not an issue with me. We we do everything to a T with the NCAA. Clint Hurt, we we said, what can we do with Clint Hurt? He can't recruit till July. Fine. Thank you very much. We do everything by the book, and by the book, we win. Can argue with that, you know. And, and even Bobby was here before. He
2: never had. Any NCAA violations? None, none yeah. at all. Yeah, This APR was good. The guys were going to class. No off the field issues. I mean, they even took even some uh, questionable, quote unquote, characters. Willie Williams, I think. Yeah, or was that Craig Thorpe? That was that was Craig Thorpe Okay, but Williams. but
1: there was there was certainly questionable questionable um, recruits brought in. And a big, I think you make a great point. There is while Petrino was the head coach at Louisville, the APR wasn't bad. It was after he left. It was after he left, and Craig
2: Thorpe wasn't. You know, the problem was there they were two totally different coaches. You know, Petrino was very – he ruled by fear. Everything he did was, was ruled by fear. I remember talking to a, one of my good friends, a former Cardinal, Mario Uridia, who had the, the the greatest stiff arm ever, I think, in college football. He was walking into the uh, the Schnellenberger Center with a North Carolina hat on. Why? And Bobby – the Paul Petrino, his brother, apparently oh, yeah. saw him come in met him there, took his cap off, beat him with his cap, and was sitting there and just berated him like the whole time he was there. And he has still not gotten that cap back. I mean, it, it was just a very intense uh, atmosphere there when Bobby was here. You know, you wore a Cardinal gear. He hated U.K., which all U of L fans loved. And, you know, now we're going to see if this is going to be Bobby 2.0. You know, what has Bobby learned in the past seven years of being a head coach? Is he still not – to me, I know he's still going to be intense. I've talked to guys on his staff. You know, Bobby's here, and his staff is here, and expects you to be here with him. He normally gets here at like five o'clock in the morning, will not leave to eleven o'clock at night. Sometimes a lot later. Um, he, that part, Bobby is going to stay the same. Now is Bobby going to be nicer to people? Because he wasn't very nice to a lot of staff. He wasn't nice to a lot of you know people inside the athletic department, outside of Tom and a couple other and a couple other people there, but. You know, it's going to be interesting to say what is the new Bobby going to look like. And to me, the biggest thing is I want to see what type of staff Bobby puts together. See, that's the most important thing to me. I'm not worried about his offensive staff. I don't care who's the offensive coordinator. I don't care
1: who's going. to Kobe Smith is the running backs coach. Kobe Smith's running backs coach. That's nice. I like that. His son-in-law,
2: LD Scott, yeah, is going to be a defensive end. Maybe a defensive line coach. He's he's going to come up with something on the defensive line. That's all we know. At, We're at the not moment. worried about the offense. Not at all. I could care less who's going to be on offense, Wide receivers. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is who he's going to have for his defensive staff. Because one, going to ACC, he's going to have to play defense. You can't out, you can't just purely outscore teams. You're going to have to be able to play defense 2 you're going to have to have great recruiters. Cause Bobby is a decent recruiter, but he's not a very strong recruiter and he's going to need to surround himself with guys that are very strong recruiters. And early in the week, you know, it looked like he had assembled a great defensive staff early in the week. I mean, it looks like we're going to get Kevin Steele, who was the former Clemson defensive coordinator, who was the Alabama defensive coordinator, who's head of personnel Alabama. He was a 2005 a recruiter of the year. So you're thinking, wow, we got him online. We got Clint Hurt, who's going to be a great recruiter. So next year's class is looking strong. We got the, the Lamar Thomas coming over from uh, Miami. From Miami, uh, WKU. WKU, yeah. yeah, he originally played at Miami. I Correct, think. yes. Yeah. Right. And you can see him on a 30 for 30 film because he is one of the, the guys that they always interview on a 30 for 30 for ESPN about about the U. Uh, you know, he has strong Miami uh, pipelines. Uh, he's uh, just a legend in, in South Florida. Uh, Terrell Buckley, former FSU great, former Green Bay Packer great, is going to be coaching the DB. So everything was looking like it was coming together so masterfully.
1: And then, you know. Kevin Steele turns down the job. Yeah. Is know, that humiliating? Is that is that really throw cold water on our, our our parade? I mean, we have Bobby Petrino coming in. Now we got a hell of a defensive coordinator. Now we're talking about guys who don't have very, I mean, on paper, don't have that impressive of resumes at all. I don't have the guy's name in front of me. Was Kevin Steele was, was coming off from Alabama. And at first it was like,
2: well, I'm going to be there in a couple of weeks, I have some things to do here. And now I'm thinking to myself, man, you can't wait a couple of weeks. You know, January 15th is the quiet period. It's over. Hey, we got to hit the trail. we got to recruit because what Strong defected or left Louisville, you know, we lost our top three defensive tackle recruits, which is one of the positions of most need for this year. They all left. Now Charlie's recruiting him again to Texas, but that's a different story. And that's something we can talk about later. So, you know, those guys left. Then Nick Holt was supposed to come over from West Kentucky, a tremendous linebacker coach. He was linebacker coach on the John L. Smith. Uh, the players loved him. I talked to Mike Brown, who played up for John L. Smith and who was coached by Nick Holt. They all love him. Uh, he went to USC and was linebacker's coaches and coached like a great linebacking court at USC. So, And he was defense coordinator at Western. So he knew his stuff. All of a sudden he decides he's staying at Western. So two of your biggest needs are gone. And you just kind of wonder, like, man, what's going on? And, you know, it's just it's not a defensive staff's in flux. You don't have a lot of time to get your defensive staff in here, you know, get them all together, get your coaches together, and then go out and hit the recruiting trail again and to show up the commitments you do have and to replace the four or five big-time commitments you lost because we lost a four-star wide receiver, Isaiah Ford. Uh, you lost your your top rushing back and uh, your top running back here that we had coming in, George Rushing's. Uh He decommitted. Puna Ford decommitted. Uh, Nelson, other uh, defensive tackle, decommitted. So you got the core of your recruiting class has left. Yeah. So now you got to piece everything back together, and it's kind of hard to get everybody on the same page moving forward when you have about four days in order to get it done. So to me, it's going to be interesting to see what type of staff you can pull together. And a lot of reasons, you know, some of these coaches that they tried to reach out to before did not come
1: was because of Bobby's reputation. Now, explain to our listeners. I know, Haven, you're, you're a college football guru. You, you can say that. can say that. Explain to our listeners why you said four days. January 15th is when the
2: uh, the silent period ends, and that's when you can start meeting players face-to-face. You go to their homes and start talking to them. again. Right now, you can call them. You can send them Facebook messages and hit them on Twitter and things of that nature. But that's when you can make those in-home visits where you can really look at a player eye-to-eye, and either solidify his commitment, or he's going to say, "You know what? I'm not sure anymore. I'm gone." So this is a that's a very big time that you want all your coaches ready. You want them there. You want to have a focus. You want to have to target players. You want to target replacements. You want to try to recruit your old players back. And the sad part about it is, you know, Bobby and his staff they're going to have to recruit against Charlie Strong because Charlie is actively recruiting several guys that had committed to the University of Louisville. So, you know, you're recruiting against Charlie Strong, everybody else, you know all the coaches are going to use all the negativity about Bob Petrino against him. He's not going to be there. You don't want to send your kid to this dude. I mean, look what he's done. Do
1: you think that's what, what, what the, the his competitors are harping on, is he's not going to be there? Or do you think that they actually say he has this controversy he was – sleeping with a, a, a women's 24-year-old volleyball player? Do you think that goes into it? Of course. I know course. it's a, a different topic, but what kind of – I was in high school once. Someone says that to me. I don't care. I'm like a <laughs> giggle. Right. I, I think that's funny. I think the Bobby Pedrino story, from my perspective still, is humorous. It's it not is. my marriage he's wrecking. But it's not humorous to your parents. N- maybe. No. They're not. It's not humorous to your
2: parents. I, had, I bet I could get a laugh out of my dad. I have. My dad laughs at that. I'm sure he is. But, you know, for a lot, for a lot of parents. My mom doesn't think it's very funny. And that's the problem. You know, you got a lot of guys coming from single mother households. Okay. That's not going to work. See, that's not going to fly. And because they want somebody who's going to take care of their baby while he's away at four years. They don't think that he's going to try to sleep with them, though. No, but. So, I mean, I, I, but, th- but I but think to a a good like, moral compass. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, what you want to send your son to. Especially if your mom is a, is, a, is a leader of men, is going to help your son become a man. And Bobby's not that guy. He's not the guy that you want your son to become. You know, to mold and become a man, things of that nature. No, now he's the guy to get your son to the NFL.
1: Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, he could do that. If you're sending a top. If I'm a top recruit's mother, I what am I thinking? Who's going to help him get to the NFL? If I'm a wide receiver's mother and I know anything about football, or I know anyone who knows anything about football, and I know what. Petrino did with Braum and, and Ryan Mallett, and you know, an offensive lineman. And I understand that when you're an offensive lineman, you get credit for prolific offenses. I mean, it's tough to argue with with his track
2: record. It's, it's very tough to argue with, with that side of his track record. But it's the other side of his track record that guys like Strong, Ed Ordron, and, and and Jimbo Fisher, and those guys
1: were hammer on. Where's Ordron at? Nowhere at the moment.
2: Okay, that's what I thought. I, but I, I but he know. will be someplace soon because Vandy's job just opened up. So, you know. and Maybe it, a good fit. It, it'd be a very good fit. be back in the SEC. You know he can recruit. So he can keep that pipeline going. He's a great coach. And, you know, Vandy has now become a stepping stone job, which means they're going to get all the super hot young coaches are, are going to want to go to Vanderbilt and
1: coach. A couple other stories we wanted to get to today, Haven. we got a, a full slate. Two different NFL games today, two tomorrow. Today we have the Saints at the Seahawks. I think uh, Drew Brees against Russell Wilson. If you're just looking at the quarterbacks, I think Russell Wilson molds himself in large part after Drew Brees. Those are two tough NFC teams. Everybody knows how tough it is to play at Seattle. Um, We'll talk about that. We also got the Colts at the Patriots. Not quite as sexy as it once was when Peyton Manning was there. But it's still the Colts at the Patriots. Could the Colts, the very young Colts, beat the Patriots? I think they could.
2: Well, especially now they have Deion Sanders roaming the sidelines. I mean, Deion Branch. Deion
1: Branch. (laughs) You you really think that matters? It helps. You think he's going to be opposite T.Y. Hilton? Of course. How old is Deion Branch? Oh, good Lord. 36? Something like that? Yeah. That's an old wide receiver. He, he He still has it. But he can still catch and he still does what the quarterback expects him to do. He, he knows all the routes, he knows the offense, he's
2: very experienced, he can take advantage of a secondary, he knows where the holes are on the defense, he, knows that he, he may have lost a step or two, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I love Deion Branch, he's a friend of mine, but you know, he may have lost a step or two, maybe three, maybe four, You know, may not
1: be as fast as he was when he was uh, the Super Bowl MVP, but... You know what? He, he was he, never really – he was, he was always wide. fast. He was never really known for, for just blistering speed. That wasn't his thing. But it was quick. His thing was quickness and running the right routes. He's a guy like Tom Brady or or even if he had ever been matched up with Peyton Manning. Um, I think he's quarterback's dream, someone who, simply put, you know where he's going to be. He's going to run the route. He's not going to butcher a route and make you look foolish. No, he's not. No, he's not. And that's be a good matchup, with, with T, especially
2: with T.Y. Hilton uh, – uh, Michael Hayward Bay is not; it won't play today. Which I don't care because he's horrible. He's horrible. I, I have no idea why anybody keeps him on the roster. I'm. Mean, I, he's big, he's like six foot five. He was a, a he, pretty he was, high draft pick. Yeah, he runs like a. The Raiders don't count. Okay, when the, <laughs> when the Raiders draft you, your
1: wide receiver it doesn't count. I remember seeing Hayward Bay catch some touchdowns. He can barely catch a promise. He he's, he can't catch. He's the opposite type of wide receiver of Deion Branch.
2: Yes, he cannot. I
1: mean, he's a big guy who has all the athletic tools. But, can't but catch. on occasion will make your quarterback look foolish. He'll drop, drop passes, probably can't count on him to run routes. No, you can't. I mean, that's the problem. They had to teach him how to run routes because when he was in college, they
2: never ran like really precise routes in college. For him, it's mostly just kind of run, curve here, like around five yards, and you should be open, and you're taught anybody else who would have throw you the ball, then he would drop it like nine times out of ten. I mean, great, he's fast, like 6'5",
1: runs like a 4'3", four, 4'4". Four, four. I mean, he's, he's, he's big and fast. No hands. But as far as the the defense and in the trenches, who, who do you give the edge to between the Colts and the Patriots today? Man, the Patriots. That's where, that's where games are won. We can talk about wide receivers. Talk about their, the Patriots are missing Vince Wilfork. They've long been without Richard Seymour. They've got young guys. I think they're even missing the, the um, Spikes. Brandon Spikes, I think, out of Florida. I don't think he's playing. Yeah, the, they're missing the, the, the a lot the Patri- of young talent.
2: The Patriots are really banged up. Uh, especially in the secondary. They're just, like, really banged up. You know, I w- you know. last week I was all wrong. my playoffs uh, pre- predictions. I thought the Chiefs were going to win. You were wrong? Yeah, I, w- I was wrong. So I thought the Chiefs were going to win. I mean, the first quarter I looked like a genius. Second quarter I-, I was still a genius. Third quarter I don't know what happened. They just fell apart and stopped playing. That was horrible. If you pick the Chiefs. I mean, it, w- it was it was, a- it was a bad game for the Chiefs. I uh I- I thought their defense would just like lead the way. They had this big lead. The defense would kick
1: in. They got this. And they folded like a cheap suit. They did like a very cheap suit. And I assume you also mean that you picked my Bengals to win. I don't even want to get into that. Uh, you know what? I was uh, no, I didn't pick the Bengals. I wanted the Bengals to win. You picked the Chargers to beat the Bengals.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I did. Because the Bengals have not won a playoff game since like Jesus Christ was playing like wide receiver for the Bethlehem uh, All-Stars. It's I mean,
1: been a while. I've yes. been a Bengals fan my whole life, and it's it's been a long. Andy Dalton sucks. I don't think a- Jay Gruden. We lost him. We promoted Hugh Jackson. I don't. I don't think that a big drop off, really. Hugh Jackson has head coaching experience. I mean, no, once again, it's for the Raiders. I mean, but but I think Andy Dalton is not a quarterback. He's not even a Trent Dilfer or Brad Johnson. Well, you know, problem- He's someone who will just throw the game away and ruin it for you, and he does every year. I mean, you know, it's this. Just- as as a Cowboys
2: fan, I, I understand your pain. He's the, it, Tom Tony Romo is way better than Andy Dalton,
1: way. Not a regular. I mean, he doesn't fold. Only Andy Dalton is great, except when the game is any has any importance at all. It's on the road or any pressure at all. Andy Dalton is horrible every time. Tony Romo is at least consistently streaky. Consistently streaky. He's consistently streaky. <laughs> He doesn't care if he's on the road. He, he has big games on the road. Andy Dalton sucks on the road. Andy Dalton sucks under pressure this year. In the past few years, it even applies to the first. I mean, he just folds under pressure every year. Got to dump him. You know, I'm going to say this. I watched
2: the Bengals game. And, and the sad part about the Bengals game, to me, like the, the the sad part about it, they were moving the ball. You can see them move the ball. You could see them you know, have some offense offensive consistency. You saw it; it was there, it was there. Guys were open, Running lanes were open, and then they just start turning the
1: ball over. It was it no was, one even touched Andy Dalton, I mean, it, and it, he dives head first like a jackass, and he fumbles. Nobody even touched him. I horrible. would I would slide feet first, and I wouldn't have fumbled that. You know, I was mean, like, the game was close even after four turnovers. The game was still close, and that, after four turns.
0: that's reflective
1: of the fact that Bengals have a good offensive line, great skill position players, and a hell of a defense. Even minus Geno Atkins and Leon Hall, they've got a really good team. Their quarterback is a backup caliber quarterback. Some other wow, kind of, backup. What you don't think he's a starter? Backup. You, you think he's a starter? You want him starting for your Cowboys? No. You, will you trade straight up Tony Romo for Andy Dalton? No. I wouldn't think so. Who would you get? I'll take Kyle Orton. I'll take... Um, Kyle Orton? Yeah, I'll take any of the guys. Jay Cutler. I'd love to have Jay Cutler over Andy Dalton. Can I have him? Uh, you know what? I bet the Bears We probably want not have to make that trade. Great. Where do I sign? Really? Yeah. Kyle. Oh, Jay Cutler all day. At least he's got a, a, a an arm that is consistently streaky. That's what I like. <laughs> I don't have a... Pro- it's what Joe Flacco is. It's what Eli Manning is. It's how you win Super Bowls these days. you got to at least be consistently streaky. You can't specifically show up when you're at home and you're playing inferior competition and everything's all smiley and happy. You show up great then. You look like Kurt Warner in his prime. But then if you're on the road or if you have any type of adversity at all, you fold. Some other topics we're going to get to. Louisville basketball, not looking too good. Lost to Memphis. We'll we'll touch on that. Josh Patton Suspect. Very suspect. Suspect. Steven Van Trees and Montrez Harrell. I shouldn't say Harrell. Harrell actually had an all right game. But they, they had a very disappointing showing at home, and they lost to the Josh Pastner, the cocky Josh Pastner-led Memphis team. And that's very disappointing. Play at 1 o'clock today against the Larry Brown-led SMU. We'll talk about that and more when Haven and I are back for more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Louisville sucks. Later, baby. On
0: the highway of girls on my bike. I never felt so You're alive. listening to the Weekend Sports bus. We Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Put her
3: hand on my thigh. I was in heaven
0: and I closed my eyes. Next thing I knew I wound up in a ditch. Oh man, I should have never messed with this.
2: Girl in the athletic department In the volleyball shorts Awesome, awesome song. This is David Harrington joined in, in studio by the great one shorts. himself,
1: Kelly Patrick. What's going on, Kelly? Not much, man. That song really epitomizes my point earlier. And Once again, I want our listeners to call us. If you're a Cards fan, what do you think of my point? 502-384-1450. If you're a Cats fan, go ahead. Give us hell. But... If you hear this song and you're a Cards fan, does it upset you that you're being mocked? Or do you embrace it and you say, that's my team, that's my university, that's the, that's the approach I'm taking. Because I on Facebook I've been liking all these Photoshop pictures, they're funny. It's a comical experience, you can't deny it, might as well embrace it. We're going to win, we're going to win in basketball, we're going to win in football. Well, basketball I don't know, but we're definitely winning football. We may not win much in basketball this year. That may bring us into our – segue us into our next topic there, Haven. But we'll win in the future in basketball. Hell, we're just coming off a national championship. We're not going to go to the NIT and flame out against Robert Morris. I'll tell you that. It may be a couple years, but, I mean, have you seen our – Ouch, Robert Morris. They had to bring up Robert Morris. Yeah, and the the Hink-Louisville sucks clip, and then the Bobby Petrino, um, the ballad of Bobby Petrino comment there by our man Matt McCarthy back running the boards for us. I had to get that in. Matt, you do know Kentucky coming off the heels of their national championship, lost in the first round of the NIT to Robert Morris, right?
0: I'm aware of that. You've reminded me of that several times.
1: I'm just saying. Louisville's not going to do that. And we've got some nice recruits coming in. Very big guys. I I, I saw it on our man Rashawn Myers' uh, Twitter. is. I mean, we've got like a 7 1 guy, a 7 3 guy, a 6 10 guy. I mean, biggest recruiting class there is. And we know Rick will coach him up, right? Yes. I
2: sort of hesitate. Okay. Yes. And the reason I hesitated because, let's be honest, when guys first come into the system, especially big men, it's going to take them one to two, sometimes even three years before they get it. Under Rick's system. So, yes, he will coach them up. Will they be impact players immediately? No. No. They'll be like, Van Trees, a like, guy you can go in there. and Give me five fouls. If you get a tip in, perfect. Just give me like five rebounds and you're and you're done. I'm happy with that. And and that's exactly what these guys going to be for the first year, maybe even two
1: years. That's all you're going to get out of them. Well, even outside of the center position, we have guys like Shaquan Aaron, who's a wing. Jalen Johnson, who can play the three or four. Now, Shaquan's a beast. Shaquan's a beast, and Jalen Johnson's big. they got big wingspans. When I look at our team right now, I see guys like Chris Jones. Don't get me wrong, I like Chris Jones. He's got the Timmy Hardaway. Uh, my dad points out the the world-be-free type jump shot. Looks like an old-school jump shot. I like Chris Jones. He's only 5'10". Maybe. Maybe. His maybe. wingspan might be 5'10". Yeah, he He's may- not a big
2: guy. Now, maybe He may be 5'10". The reason I say that because... Louisville list uh, Russ Smith at what like six one? Yeah, and you Russ, stood next to him. I've told, I'm I'm five seven. Me and Russ look eye to, literally look eye to eye. <laughs> I mean Russ maybe five eight five nine, which makes his dunk over like Randall even that much more impressive, even that much more impressive because he can't palm a basketball. And I, the greatest dunk ever in Cardinal
1: history ever. I, I was talking to a, a UK buddy yesterday. And we were talking about what I'm talking about. And, and it's that when I watch this Louisville team, we lack size. We have Montres Harold, Don't get me wrong. He's got a seven-whatever wingspan. You got Van Treese. Van Trees is big, but we don't have any talented bigs. We don't have any. Mango is talented. He's How talented? Just... He's talented. I mean, he's okay. He can play. He's big, but he's not. You can't throw him the ball in the high post like Gorgie or David Padgett or anything remotely close to that, and expect any actual production. I I
2: would would say this: this time next year or the year after, you will see that he will have that type of offensive talent. He's just still learning the game. To me, what Louisville's missing the most is not size. Okay, it's not inside presence. See, they want to think, they want to make you think it's inside presence. What are we missing? It's not inside presence. What we're missing is a true point guard. What this team misses the most is Peyton Siva. They miss that guy that can start the offense, get everybody in position, make the extra passes that need to be made to get the man open to score. That's what this team misses the most is that floor general. They don't have the floor general. Russ Smith is not going to be your floor general. I think Rick Patino wanted Jones or Azir to be that General to be that point guard, and they're not doing it.
3: Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that
1: door. <laughs> so you tell me if you could choose one guy off of last year's championship team to add to this year's team, you take Peyton Siva and not Gorgie Jang? Is that what I'm hearing, Haven? That's exactly what. Are you're you're you saying? kidding me? Yes, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, yes, really, i You would take you. Peyton Siva Peyton, over Gorgie. I'm
2: telling you, Peyton Siva, because you need the general. You need the guy that's going to get everybody together, that's going to make everybody better. See, that's the thing about your point guard and what he does. He makes everybody better because he can run the offense, because he can sit the plays up, because he can get people in position and have them do what they need to be done. What's going to happen is you're going to open up the middle for scoring by how you can space the floor. By how you rotate your offense, how the ball moves throughout the defense with passing. You can open up the middle, which will open the game up for Montrez, which will open the game up for Mango, which will open the game up for, not Trees, but will open the game up for at least Montrez and allow him to get those easy dunks and those easy shots that he's used to getting. See, that's what your general does. That's what Louisville doesn't have right now. Russ Smith is not a point guard. Yes, his assistant is getting better, and he's actually passing the ball now and things of that nature, but he's not going to set the offense up. He's not going to be able to run the offense with the same killer efficiency that Peyton Siva ran the offense with, and that's why point guards are so important, and that's what Louisville really needs right now. They need a point guard. They need somebody that can run the offense. They need
1: the field general. 1 o'clock today, CBS Sports at the Yum Center, Louisville, SMU, Larry Brown, Old Great man, coach. Great coach. 73-year-old Larry Brown, supposedly, according to my man Mike Gandolfo. He's got some of the best assistant coaches out there. So, he, you know, they, they're bringing talent in. Very interesting story. Um, but 1 o'clock today, you, you're, you're sticking with it. You'd go with Peyton Siva over Gorgie Jing on this team. Yes. I, I'll admit, Russ and Peyton kind of came up together. You know, they, they, they had chemistry out there. And that's very clear when you see Chris Jones and Russ Smith as our backcourt. Very clear they don't have that type of chemistry. Well, it wasn't the
2: fact they had chemistry. It was the fact that, as The Rock would say, know your role. And they knew their role. They knew that Peyton was a general. Russ could be the hired assassin. And that's how they play basketball. Peyton came, got everybody together, and when things were going down, he always knew that he had this assassin behind him. Russ was always ready to go for the kill shot. So it, it was a great balance. Now you don't have that balance. You you don't have the other point guard that can run the offense. That's going to sacrifice scoring to get the team to get the players in the position so they can score and and play
1: great defense. You don't have that anymore, and that and that's what this team is missing the most. I would argue Gorgie, or in the mold of a David Paget, this modern era of Rick Pitino centers, and that's I I associate David Paget kind of being like a a, a Gorgie without the length and shot-blocking ability. They would get in the high post, and they were good passers. You look back to the the national championship victory over Michigan, a lot of those three-pointers for Luke Hancock were made because Gorgie was in the high post, and he facilitated. So in combination with the guard chemistry, and and I I, I agree, knowing their role from the guards, Gorgie did facilitate a lot of that. We don't have any facilitators, and... Gorky could also hit the, the jump shot at the top of the key. Shane could. We're a depleted team. How far do you see this Louisville basketball team going this year, called, uh, Haven? Um, first, second round of tournament. That's fair. Maybe. What do you mean maybe? You think there's a chance? A chance? We go to the NIT and we pull a Kentucky? A Robert Morris? No. We're not pull a Robert Morris, but there is that,
2: that chance. The, the only thing that would, would not... They'll prevent us from going to the NITs. NIT. The fact that we started higher, uh, you know, we started, you know, pretty pretty high up, and we're not falling quite as fast because everybody else is losing too, which helps. I mean, this is the most balanced of, like, all college basketball seasons I can remember in a long time while. All your top ten teams have serious flaws. They all have bad losses and great wins. It's just that Louisville just doesn't have any great wins. I mean, Except so, for Arizona, right? Except for Arizona. The, the three teams we play, the three ranked teams we play so far, we're zero and three. Kentucky's like one and five, but that's been only victory. And now we're dragging our RPI down because we haven't done that well. You know, and all our big wins against suspect teams. And this is why I'm not a fan. I'm personally not, especially in college basketball. You gotta schedule tougher teams in the beginning of the season, especially when the games don't count. Let's be honest; only games that really count are your tournament games. They are. Conference games are really the only games that count. You need to schedule at least one good road game. You need to schedule one very good neutral site game. You need to play at least two to three, what you would perceive to be top 25 programs to get your team ready for conference play and the tournament. Louisville didn't do that. Louisville played a bunch of scabs. I mean, we we played like the Little Sisters of the Poor, uh, the Kentucky School for the Blind, <laughs> uh, The crippled, lame, uh, midget society. (laughs) Midget society? Yes. I mean, we play like the worst college basketball schedule ever. And now it's coming back to bite you because your team's not tested. And when your team does get tested,
1: we fold it. How much credence do you give to the regular season where, where three years ago we lost to South Florida on senior night, probably the lowest I remember the Louisville basketball program being in recent memory, then we went to Syracuse, and we lost to the number 2 team in the country. And then we went on this magical run to the Final Four where, admittedly, Matt, the Wildcats knocked us out. But still, we made the run to the Final Four. The regular season doesn't matter. It, I should rephrase that. It, it, it matters how low you get is irrelevant in the regular season. I agree. If we had some tougher regular season games, I mean, that would be huge. We haven't won a good game yet. We haven't. Just simply, we, we haven't. Are we, we going to? We haven't played anybody. We I'm lost lo- to Memphis at home. And Memphis
2: was, I mean, a problem. No, we played Memphis twice. We played Cincinnati twice. We have a chance to redeem ourselves. But you got to beat Memphis again on the road. At Memphis. At Memphis. You got to beat Cincinnati twice because you don't have a lot of quality teams that's going to pull up your schedule. To make you, you know, to, to increase your RPI and things of that nature. So you have to win those games. You have to. These now become must win games. These are must win for Cardinal fans. I know he made that magical run to the Final Four. This team does have that level of talent to make that run to you the Final so? Four. You think it does? They do not. Oh, okay. They do, they not. do not have okay. that level of talent. I'll they're agree work. with you there. Yeah. The way they're playing, on paper, they do. On paper, I think they have the talent to at least make it to Sweet 16. They don't have it right now. It's just not there. They're, they're hard, some, something's wrong, and it's not there. So this conference tournament is going to determine everything. Those, The next game against Memphis, the, the two games against uh, Cincinnati,
1: that's going to determine your season. couple against Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut victories, uh, you know, that – has lost its allure with Kevin Ollie now, the head coach, but it's still a victory over, over Connecticut, so that's but Connecticut an opportunity. Lost, but
2: Connecticut's lost a lot of games now.
1: Yeah. And then that's the
2: problem. You know, your schedule gets weaker and weaker as losses start to accumulate. That's why you need at least one or two tough opponents during a regular season to get you ready, and we just didn't do that. And to Calipari's credit, he scheduled those tough opponents for Kentucky. And now you're seeing the Wildcats, they're still a young team. They still play to a level of competition, which is what young teams do. But you can see the maturation as they lost to you know Michigan, then they lost to Baylor. You know you can kind of see them that the light started to go off, and unfortunately, the light, the light went off during the U L game. But the light has gone off for Kentucky, and the Harrison Twins are starting to play better ball. They're starting to be the point guards that people thought they would be coming out of high school. So we'll
1: see. My question for cards fans and cat fans is what do you think of this new image of the Louisville program? Clint Hurt, Rick Pitino, Bobby Petrino. I can't deny it. That's who the national media thinks of. That's what Kentucky fans think of. They now associate Tom no, Jurek.
2: Kentucky is- fans have no place to talk. You know, we may have Clint Hurt. We do. We may have Bobby Petrino. We may have Rick Pitino. One thing we have never done, on the football side at least, never have we had any NCAA violations at all, wow. that's something Kentucky can't say. Kentucky cheated and still couldn't beat anybody. We're still like in last place SEC. Have still only averaged one SEC win per year for like forever. Even their magical run when they had uh, when they beat Andre LSU, Wichita. when when they uh, you know beat South Carolina, they still lost to Tennessee for the eighth million time. They still lost to Florida that
1: year, and they still only had two SEC wins. Need I say more? Give us a call on the Oxmoor-Ford-Lincoln Buzzline. line. What do you think of the new image of Louisville? And in contrast to Kentucky, is it really accurate? That's the image. Is it accurate? Oxmoor-Ford-Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line right now. We have our man, my Sunday co-host, Carlo. How are you doing this morning, Carlo? And what do you think of this all-cards talk? Uh,
3: good morning, guys. I just had a call and make a correction of Haven. It's just like for Louisville fans, he exaggerated on our record this season against top-ranked teams. Kentucky's actually one in three, not one in five, against top-ranked teams. And honestly, I don't want to brag about the one win we have, which is against the University of Louisville Harvard. And also, once again, what does Kentucky have to do with Louisville and Clint Hurst? I don't understand why you're bringing that up in the conversation. Louisville fans always want to hate on my Kentucky Wildcats, man, but I just wanted to make that point. That's all I have to say.
1: Thank you very much for the call, Carlo. What do, you, what do you think of that, Haven? I mean, he's saying Kentucky doesn't have anything to do with the fact that Clint Hurt was involved in one of the biggest scandals in college football in years. Nevin Shapiro, a little billionaire, Ponzi scheme man, was throwing money around. There were strippers, there was yachts, college and football. Clint Hurt was in the middle of it. He was the recruiting coordinator. First of all, you're
2: in Miami. Of course got strippers and yachts. It's Miami. That's it's fair. It's okay. the U. All right. <laughs> I mean, everybody's here watching 30 for 30 with the ESPN, with, with, with the U. This has been going on with Miami for what? Ever since
1: Snellenberger was there? Ever since the inception of the football program, really. Ever since they were any good. Yeah, so there you go. He you just got caught. You
2: know, just got caught at, at, at the latter part of the stages. You know what? And about Clint Hurt, he made a mistake, I believe. Honestly, I I believe all those allegations are true. It would, it wouldn't I, would, I wouldn't doubt it at all, which is one of the reasons why Randy Shannon
1: is not the defensive coordinator of the University of Louisville. That would have really compounded the whole thing no, if we lo- had John L. Smith and Randy Shannon. Well,
2: no, the problem was is that Randy Shannon didn't want to work with Clint Hurt because okay. Randy Shannon told Clint, don't do it. Stay away from Nevin Shapiro. He told all his staff, stay away from this dude. He's going to get you in
1: trouble. Stay away from him. They didn't listen. Okay. They didn't listen. Oxmoor-Ford Lincoln Buzzline, 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzzline once again. We got Lee on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Lee? What do you have for us?
4: I'm doing okay, man. I'm just calling about the football program. I think, I mean, Bobby Petrino messed up and everything, but I think we'll be all right. Kentucky fans, America, they can't beat Bobby Petrino. So they're going to have a miserable couple of years left in them. And the basketball team, what the hell is going on? Is it Shane Bahanian?
1: I think Shane Bahannon would help. It, how good is Shane Bahannon without Gorgie Jane next to him is what I was thinking of yesterday. You know, Does what, he need a compliment, an inside-outside type center for him to really thrive? Because he didn't show up when he was on the team this year. We have no post presence at all, Lee. You you tell me, what is the problem with the Louisville Cardinals this year? I,
4: I mean, he's got some good players on the bench, but they never get in. Who? I like what I think Roser is good. What's the guy that came in with Roser? I can't think of his name. The other guard that sits on the bench the whole time,
1: Anton Gill.
4: Anton, how come he never gets to play?
1: I don't think he has the physicality or the strength. I think that may (laughs) But 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 he's a he's a uh, a streaky shooter. I like his left-handed game. I, I think he has a future in the program. Who do you think he should be playing over Lee?
4: Uh, I just I mean I'm curious. My wife loves basketball. I'm a football junkie. We go to football games. She hates it. So. I mean, I was just wondering because I watched the game of Memphis. Luba had a couple of chances to pull away. And seemed like, Russ Nippel come down and throw the damn ball out of bounds. and get called a double-team. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm going to pull up on my cards, go cards, and go pay money this week. Hey, man, I love you guys so.
1: Thank you very much, Thank Lee. Thank you, boss. Thank you. Uh, Great call there from Lee. The Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450 is really filling up for us this morning. Haven and I coming to you from 9 to 11. here on 1450 AM. We're gonna head back to the buzz line. We got Thomas on the line. How you doing this morning, Thomas? What do you have for us,
4: man? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing good. First of all, first of all, I am a very, very big UFL fan. Okay, but you know what do you think about the schedule? UFL. I've, I've been critical about the schedule for the past few years. I hate the northeast, Louisiana, Southwest. All those games. All those games. It's like people. It just. It just frustrates me that. A lot of fans are upset because of the way how U of L played against Memphis, but it's like, well, this is what this is a schedule. I mean, this is a, a, this is a decent team. U of L they're not used to decent teams, so when they play against somebody who's going to who's going to at least get in the get with the game because they're going to fall apart. Today, for example, today for example, North Carolina is playing at Syracuse, and they play in ACC. So I don't want to hear about. Rick Pitino, he's going to say, well, we're going to, we're going to the ACC, we're going to a tough league, and blah, blah, blah. No, North Carolina is in, is, is in the ACC. They played UK. They played big uh, fans, Syracuse today. They played a, a tough, non-conference schedule. So uh, my question, first question is, what do you think about that um, about the schedule? Well, do you like it or what?
2: No, it's weak as water. and it, it, To me, it's a horrible schedule. And what makes the schedule worse is that, one – I think the schedule has lulled the fans to sleep because I was at the Memphis game and the energy was not there in the crowd that you would expect from a team that just won a national championship playing against a top 25 conference foe that used to be one of their biggest rivals in Memphis. So you expected, you know, the crowd to really be in it, to be really raucous and all the electricity in the air and things of that nature, but it wasn't there against Memphis. You know, for large stretch of the game, it was kind of actually kind of quiet and, you know, wasn't the, the energy that you expect. I think a lot of that is because, at, at, especially at home at the Yum! Center, you've been fed a lot of cupcake teams and exactly. a exactly. lot of boring games. And people and just impossible. kind of got lulled, and basically lulled to sleep. Like the team has been lulled to sleep.
4: And my second question to you is this. You know, again, I'm a big QFL fan. But first of all, I'm a big Charlie Strong fan. Charlie Strong, I, I have been in the, in the city for 20 years. And Charlie Strong, in my opinion, is the one coach that I, that has been active in the community. This, I, have, I only seen see him one time, but Charlie he went to places where people who could not afford. He it seems like he took U of the brand to the city. He took the U brand. You you, you will be shocked on all the kids. I have never gone to U of L game, and it seems like Charlie has has taken him to the city. I have never watched Charlie Strong at church. And I have seen him, like his kids, come up and talk to him. It's, it's like he's not better than us. And 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 I guess that's why, as great as as great as a coach Charlie Strong was, he was ten times better in character. And it's just, I don't know, man. I, I might become. I'm. I'm still going to be a of fan, but I'm definitely going to be a Texas fan or a Strong fan. And it's, it's he's going to be be just Hey, thank you for listening to me, guys. Take care.
2: Hey, you know I. I, I... Thanks for calling in. That was a great call. And about Charlie Strong in the community, I would have to I would have to agree because I remember seeing Charlie Strong places that you would normally that I've never seen Rick Pitino, Bobby Petrino, John L. Smith. I remember going to the Juice Bowl and seeing. And people don't know the Juice Bowl is after like Thanksgiving. It's like a very big youth football day in West Louisville, and it's always held at Shawnee Park, and they're literally like thousands of people there. When I say thousands of people, I literally mean. Thousands of people in Shawnee Park to watch youth football. Like when I was there, this year, it was like literally about two to three thousand people with campers and everything else. You know, and you would you would see Charlie Strong there sometimes. You know, you would see him at like the West Louisville, uh, you know, uh, parades and things of that nature. He he was there, and you know that that means a lot. He was like he, you never see Rick Pitino those places. You know, he unless it's like a, unless it's it's a scheduled U of type event, he's not going to be there. Petrino was never there. John L. Smith was not there. Cracked open. Nobody cared if he showed up, but he wasn't there anyway.
1: You know, so. that's very fair. I mean, Charlie and I, and I, Strong was a serious <laughs> dude. He's came out and said that he wouldn't go out of his way to support uh, functions that were that were that were sponsored just by alcohol. He didn't drink. Charlie Strong, by all accounts, uh, was a saint. I mean, I, I may be exaggerating. Yes, you but are. <laughs> it, 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 but I mean. It, what, what what is there negative to say about him? His name's kind of getting drugged through the mud now that he's repro- recruiting Puna Ford and these other guys to Texas. What, see, the, see, the problem that a lot of Cardinals fans have with him
2: recruiting guys that are committed to to the University of Louisville is that when he was at Florida and came to U of L, he stated, "I'm not going to recruit the guys I recruit to Florida because I did that on Florida's dime." Yeah, and I'm I'm not going to do that to the Florida program. But but. but it's okay for him to do that to the Louisville program. So, you know, it kind of makes you wonder a little bit just how much respect does he have for U of U's program? Because, you know, let's be honest, Charlie came from Notre Dame. Then he went to USC East,
0: South Carolina, South
2: Carolina and then to Florida. You know, he's used to seeing football first. Football-only factory. So he's been at the highest – he's only coach, assistant, been assistant coach at the highest level of college football and the top programs, except for maybe USC, East. But, you know, at the top programs, and one of the things that always bothered Charlie about about Louisville, that always bothered him were the small crowds. You know, we we would sell out Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, but you look in the stands, maybe, you know, you sell 56,000 tickets, but yet – You know, we only have 50,000 people there. Or you come to like the spring practice and all the media is following the U of L in the Final Four and only three guys show up to his, you know, to his his practices. You know, and that bothered Strong. It bothered Strong that only 45,000 people showed up to Senior Day. You know, all that kind of bothered Strong. It bothered him quite a bit, a whole lot. And some people think, and even Tom George mentioned, that's one of the reasons that he looked at going to Texas. One of the reasons he looked at going to – Tennessee the year before, um, you know, was because that Louisville's not a football you know, that type of football program. Now he could have stayed and built it into that type of program, but he wanted to be at that program, so then he decided to go to Texas. And now he's recruiting a lot of players that were formally committed to you know the University of Louisville, which kind of rubs me kind of the wrong way. That's but, fair, I'm- but Charlie also has his own set of problems intended in texas oh he does because texas will not let him build the staff that he wants to build that's why uh on twitter just a couple of days ago uh jean marie our linebackers coach is inner quote-unquote interviewing for the texas job but yet he tweeted that he hopes uh that what's his face uh that the petrino keeps him on staff so he hasn't left yet. Vance Bedford has not been named Defensive Coordinator of Texas yet.
1: Very curious decision yeah. there. He's an alum. Yeah, he's an alum. He played for Tennis. He played for Texas. He's, he has arguably he lives as good Texas. of a resume as is Charlie Strong. He's older. He he I mean, there, that is very interesting that Vance Bedford might not get the defensive coordinator position in Texas. Forgive me for being jaded about the whole situation. When John L. Smith left, everybody badmouthed him the way that he left. Everybody hated it. And then we forgave him and he ended up back in Louisville hosting his own radio show. Bobby Petrino leaves. Everybody badmouths him. We hate our coach. We hate him. He, he screwed us over. That was ridiculous. He handled it in the worst way possible. Now Charlie Strong is leaving. And if I take my Louisville red shaded glasses off, I'll admit, these players were committing to Charlie Strong and not to the Louisville tradition. When they committed to those Florida Gator programs, the Florida Gators team, they were committing to that Florida Gators team. And Urban Meyer—that was a different thing. Urban Meyer was still there. It was a different thing. So let's let's be realistic as Cards fans but, but and, and see our place. That's what we are. We have a bright future. Don't be hypocritical.
2: You no, know, we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. Because I have some things to say about that and about where Louisville's football program stands in relation to the national powerhouse. We'll talk about that and much, much more when we come back on the Weekend Sports Buzz. wound
3: up in the ditch, oh man, I should have never with this girl in
1: the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. Beware of the girl in the volleyball shorts, she'll touch your wiener. Girl in the athletic
3: department in the volleyball shorts.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450.
1: Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Our man, Matt McCarthy, running the boards for Haven Harrington III and myself, Kelly Patrick, this morning from 9 to 11 on the Weekend Sports Buzz. I want to thank Brandon J. Lawrence, where J stands for justice, for allowing us to be on the air every Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 until noon. Brandon is the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Give him a call, 502-587-0041 to reach Brandon J. Lawrence for all of your personal injury attorney needs. Before we headed to our break I said that I saw John L. Smith go. I saw Bobby Petrino go and now I'm seeing a little bit of all the way the, hands fandled, the fans handled the situation spill over into to now that Charlie Strong's gone. It's like your girlfriend leaves you and instead of saying well she just decided to leave me and owning it and moving on we're finding a way one way or another, no matter how beloved Charlie Strong was, no matter how much he did in the community, we're finding a way to bash him. And I don't like it. It reeks of hypocrisy. Especially in the face of what we just did with rehiring Bobby Petrino. Haven, hey, what do you think of my hypocrisy claims for the Cardinal fan base? Leave Charlie Strong alone. They committed, those players committed to Charlie Strong, not to the University of Louisville. What am I what am I right now, Carlo? Or
2: Haven. Oh, man, that's the second time you've I'm done sorry. that.
1: I'm sorry. The second
2: time you've done that. You know, Carlos at home right now just giggling. I, I I can see him now with his little Grady cap on. <laughs> different different story. Anyway, about your hypocrisy claims. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you like this, Kelly. No, I I do not believe that. I, I don't believe that for this reason. And I will say this about Cardinals fans. The reason that Cardinals fans have reacted, they have, when Howard Stellenberger left, when John L. Smith left. Now, John L. Smith it's a little bit different story. That was like the worst way to leave ever. Ever. When Bob Retrino left, it was a little bit different because we knew he was going. It was just a matter of when and where he was going. When Charlie Strong left, we actually thought we may have a life for Charlie. I think that's maybe a little bit different with Charlie because we thought this may be a life or job for Charlie. We gave him his first coaching job.
1: I don't know what made us think that he'd be a lifer was- here when he complained about the fan support and he took jabs at our ribs when he said we should act more like Kentucky basketball fans. Why? Why in the hell would we have thought Charlie Strong was a lifer?
2: That's that's why and that's why to get to next. Okay, and I think Louisville fans have come up to a point now, especially after Charlie Strong has left. That you know what we are just like UK fans have always said. UK fans are one thousand percent right. We are. A stepping stone school. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I don't mind being a stepping stone school because, see, there's another stepping stone school out there as well. I call them the U. The University of Miami is a stepping stone school. They have not had a coach last longer than six years since Howard Snellerberg has been there. Howard stayed five. Jimmy Johnson stayed four. Harrison stayed four. Coker stayed, I think, like five years. Randy Shannon stayed four years. And we'll see what the what Al Golden does. But in that particular period, there was turnover coaches like guys changed underwear. What happened? They were the most dominant program for 20 straight years. The most dominant program in college football, bar none, hands down. They still are an NFL pipeline, even in their down years are the NFL pipeline. And if that's what a stepping stone school is, then I'm fine to be a stepping stone school because I don't want to be like the tombstone school, like UK, where they had to fire seven out of ten of coaches, and then the other ones retire. I rather have my coaches leave because we're winning then fire the coaches because they're losing. We've only had to fire two coaches because of their records, Cooper and Cragthorpe, only two coaches we had to fire. Everybody else has left because they have one big, and when I say one one big, I mean John L. Smith one big for you know for a Conference say school, Conference of State champions twice, uh, two bowl wins, ranked in the top twenty-five twice you know, during his tenure. Uh Barbara Trino, forty-one and nine, best winning percentage ever. And then you have uh and and then what um what Charlie Strong's done, only global football coach to win three bowl games. You know, two top ten finishes or top twenty finishes. Well, what, what can you say? Coaches come here, they win big, they can recruit here, and they can win here. And now we're gonna be in a conference where if you run the table, you can legitimately win a national championship. And when Bobby was here. We almost, we were one field go away. We were one false start away from William Gay to playing in the national championship game against Ohio in 2006. So you can do it here. So I might mind been a stepping stone school fine because we're a stepping stone school. That only means one thing, one thing only. You're winning and we're doing it the right way. I mean, yeah, we may hire some shady coaches. We may have some shady transfers. I'm not going to deny that. But the football program has never been caught for any NCAA violations. Never been caught. <laughs> at all. And, and I say never been caught because I'm a, I'm a realist. Oh, there's violations every, everywhere. Every college football program does stuff. Boosters do stuff at every college. If you think your college is, oh, I, we never did IU because uh, we are uh, about 5.9 GPAs. That never happened at IU. Yes, it's happening even at IU. You no, know, even even the worst football
1: program division one A, the boosters are helping the players out. In some, it is what it is. I agree with you there, Haven. You know uh, LSU. Nick Saban used it as a stepping stone job to go to the Dolphins. Is there any shame in the LSU football program? I don't think so. If you want to argue with me saying that it, it is shameful to be a stepping stone program. I'd love to hear your argument because I don't think you have a, a, a leg to stand on. You don't. You, you're a stepping stone program. That means you come here, you have success, and you land a, a, an NFL gig or, or or Texas or Alabama. I mean, that's we, we have truly arrived when we can only when we can turn down have our head coach turn down the Tennessee job one year, and then they accept arguably the top program in the in the country's job in Texas. I want to encourage our listeners: Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline, give us a call. Do you embrace, as a Cardinals fan, this new reputation, this new image of Clint Hurt, Bobby Petrino, Rick Pitino? I don't think Rick is embracing it. He didn't sound too thrilled that Bobby Petrino is, is back. He doesn't seem like he's thrilled with being a, the butt end of of more and more jokes for however many years to come. Because it's going to happen. They're not going away locally. They're not going away nationally. 384 1450 we're going to head to the buzz line right now where we got Carlo on the line with us again. Carlo, what do you have for us?
3: I'm sorry, man. I'm calling in again, but I, I had to make one more comment. Oh, my gosh. All All right. Right. The, the,
2: the, we didn't the, talk my, this much my, on, on the, the weekends.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the Miami Hurricanes, the reason why their coaches are leaving, they won national championships. None of these global coaches won national championships. So how can you compare Miami being a stepping stone, step stone school when in reality, Louisville is the real stepping stone school, uh, school. The only reason he hired Petrino is because every any other coach, it would have been another stepping stone. I actually think Petrino will stay maybe seven years if he's winning. He'll actually probably finish out his contract. But if he had hired anybody else other than Petrino, it would have been another stepping stone for that other coach.
2: And that's fine, that's fine because, I mean, that coach is winning. See, if he's a stepping stone, that means he's come here, spent four, maybe five years, and has won and as one to such a degree that right. another program wants him, which means he's doing things But what Louisville fans don't understand is, is that Louisville
3: doesn't have five national championships like man. Yeah, Louisville right. doesn't have we any don't. national championships. So no, we don't. In case we put those two schools in the same category. No, right. don't. you just beat them you know, recently.
2: You're right. You know, we don't have those national championships. What we do have, though, are we're undefeated in the BCS Bowl era and BCS Bowl games so
3: 3-0. Yes, the sugar. But Right, so. right show. Great show, guys! screen listeners. That's all I would
1: say. All right, thank you very much, thank Carlo. You. It drives Carlo insane. The I'm right to hear. <laughs> I am right to hear uh, the UK side of things on the weekend sports was, which is designed to be a, a fair and balanced show. He it drives him insane to not hear the UK fans represented.
2: Well, you know, it, we're not Miami. We're not. We're, we're not Miami. We're, we're not. And that's because you know, if, if Kentucky had the same recruiting base that South Florida has. You never know. Maybe. Because we've had a lot more talent. And we've had a lot of talent come through Papa John's Cardinal Stadium and Old Cardinal Stadium. A whole lot of NFL talent. I mean, there's one point where we were putting more players in the NFL than Auburn. When Bobby was here, we was putting more players in the NFL than Auburn. Just, just think about that for a second. Let that sink in. We have more players on NFL rosters. Than Auburn, right now, not right now, but at, we did at one point. Okay, but at, cracked up kind of killed that momentum. But if you look at the the current class with avail, the next year as these as, as Charlie Strong's player starts to graduate, you're going to see Louisville have three to four guys drafted every year for the next three years in the NFL. It's going to happen again. Now we're in the ACC, our recruiting is going to kick up again. If we can put together a good defensive staff and show that we can play some defensive football, we will be there once again. We will compete with the Florida States. And that's, and that's, and that's the number one reason I believe Tom George hired Petrino, because this is the year we're going to the ACC. He's instant success. He'll bring it. He's, the, the man's like instant mashed potatoes, satisfying every time. Just add water. All you got to do is just add water. And Bobby, it doesn't matter. I, You know what, Kelly, you could be the offensive line coach. <laughs> yeah, I could be the quarterback's coach. Bobby would still put up wins and score 40 points a game. It just is what it is. The man is an offensive genius. He just needs defensive help. He needs recruiting help, and hopefully we'll get that. He got Lamar Thomas, like we said before, who will bring it. You know. But now I'm going to switch gears because we're, we're trying to be fair and balanced. So, let's talk a little, a, a little Kentucky football. Kentucky has a tremendous recruiting class. Now that James Franklin has officially been named the head coach of your Penn State Tigers or wherever they are, uh, Nittany Lions, the Penn State Nittany Lions, you know, now that he is now the uh, the, the new head coach, Kentucky can now go and, and poach some of Vanderbilt's recruits and Vanderbilt has some great recruits. So they can poach some of Vanderbilt's recruits. They can poke some of U of L's recruits while we're still trying to get recruiting class together. They already contacted a, a Bonifan, a quarterback. Um, yeah. So they already contacted him and they've contacted several other recruits as well. So, you know, Kentucky is in a great position. Mark Stoops is in a great position. If he can start to turn on that program, the first season, two and 10, that's to be expected because he does he doesn't have a lot of talent next year. All his guys will be
1: there. So I actually expect them to uh, to be a little bit better. A little bit better. Let's see, I mean, we'll run through the schedule for Kentucky football. I know it's not the hottest topic right now. Next year they play uh, their 2014-2015 schedule involves at Commonwealth against Tennessee Martin, at Commonwealth against Ohio University, then at Florida, then at Commonwealth against Vanderbilt, at home against South Carolina, at home against Louisiana Monroe, so they could beat Ohio. They could beat Tennessee Martin, maybe Louisiana Monroe. Three wins. At LSU, at home against Mississippi State, at Missouri, at home against Georgia, at Tennessee. And then, as we all know, the last game of the season next year, rivalry week, SEC versus ACC, will be at Louisville. Loss. So they got three wins. Maybe four, maybe. Who are they going to beat? Who, Mississippi is, is, is so They, could, they could sneak one in there. Maybe yep. a depleted Vanderbilt team. Uh, yeah, Vanderbilt just lost a coach. Okay, when so right they, they win uh, three, four, maybe five games, you think? Yes. I mean, five. five games is, is a real possibility,
2: especially on the James Franklin. Who's it's their quarterback? Who's the quarterback? It's going to be Drew Barker. Okay, as a fr- true freshman. As a true freshman, it's going to be Drew Barker. So they're going to get some growing pains. What's going to hurt Kentucky next year? Kentucky will have great guys in skilled positions. They will have a lot of great and super talented freshmen. The problem is the defensive line. They, they're going to lose Rumpf and Cobble. So, you lose two of your biggest studs on the defensive line, and your offensive line is still kind of gelling together. They got a lot of great freshmen coming in, but they're freshmen. And it's hard as freshmen to play college football. I don't care what position you're in wide receiver, quarterback, running back. Wide receiver's a little bit easier, running back's a little bit easier, but especially in the trenches. That's completely different going against grown men,
1: and it's completely different when you're running a Joker Phillips type offense where you you you're looking to compete in three yards in a, a cloud of dust. That's your your scheme, and then you go to the air raid with Neil Brown, and that's a whole different you know whole different animal for these offensive linemen and the continuity of that offense to adjust. Maybe it took a year for growing pains. Maybe they'll light it up next year, and, and Barker as a true freshman will will show something. We're gonna head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. We have Doug on the line with us. What do you have for us this morning, Doug?
4: Yeah, I want to talk about Chad Strong. Uh, like, uh, when he had his uh, news conference, uh, you know, uh, when he took the Texas job, he, he said he's committed to uh, giving him, like, a national championship. Why couldn't he make this same commitment over him? I mean, you know, it uh, uh, seemed like he was happy just being, you know, he was mad. Cause we was led, uh being, uh, and we was eleven and one. and didn't appreciate them. Uh, the thing was, we were so close to a national championship. We should have beat them girls over in uh, Central Florida, and we'd have been been this close, more closer than uh, Bobby Trino ever did. So, you know, like to me, if, if a coach ain't committed to win a national championship in football, then I don't know what the hell they doing over it. That's all I gotta say. Thanks.
2: That's a great call, Doug. Great call. You know, and and Charlie wanted a a ready-made program. I don't don't think Charlie, he built us back up. I give Charlie all thanks because he built us back up. We have a great team. We have a great foundation to build on. But, you know, he wanted the glitz and glam that comes with being at a premier program. Now, do I believe Louisville will get there one day? Yes. We're going to expand the stadium. Soon we will be at 70,000, maybe even 80,000 seats because, when you have Florida State, Clemson, those guys come in and we're competitive, Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, as we all saw against the blackout game against West Virginia, it's going to be a rocking in Papa John's. We all know Bobby's going to score points, especially with this team here with Devontae Parker and and all the talent, Michael Lee Harris, Eli Rogers, James Robert Quick, Clark, Robert Clark, Clark, Gerald
1: Christian, uh, McMillan. Matt, I mean, is Matt, uh, what's the, the receiver, Matt? Um, Millen. Matt, Matt, Matt Millen, yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, with all the talent that he has here, on offense, it's it's going to be insane. Now, I will say this about Bobby. You could talk about Bobby being scum. I agree with you. You talk about Bobby being a liar. That's all true. But one thing I like about Bobby, if you look at Bobby Petrino's staff, especially his staff at Western Kentucky, what did you see on on his staff? Almost all former Cardinal players: Jeff Brom, LD Scott, Kobe Smith. I mean, he had a a list of former his former players on his staff. And you didn't see know the coach that John L. Smith didn't have a when he left in his various coaching gigs he didn't have a bunch of former Cardinals that used to play for him on his staff. Uh, Charlie's not going to have any card, any former Cardinals on his staff. It, it, even his graduate assistants. It's a, a very good point. But you look at Bobby Trino's staff even if staff come back to Louisville it has Cardinal players on there. Cardinal players will once again you know we're Bobby's actually maybe building up a coaching pipeline so when Bobby leaves we can say that our next head coach is going to be a former Cardinal who is a diehard Yova fan who's coached here, who's coached underneath arguably the greatest offensive mind ever in college football. And Jeff Brom? Maybe Jeff Brom. You never know who could be. I mean, Stephen Steph on the right now is really, some inside information for you guys, he is really trying to become our next quarterback coach. And he's he's on the phone constantly with Bobby trying to become the next quarterback coach. Dave going I'm here, maybe do the same thing. Maybe leave, actually, uh, the Titans and wants to come back. I mean, you can say what you want to say about Bobby. The players love him. The players love him. And he was hard on the players. I know. I know a lot of guys he played with. He is very hard on his players. But they, they appreciate him. Gary Barnes, to tell you, the only reason he's in the NFL right now is because of Bobby Petrino. Bruno in. you tell you the same thing, the only reason he's a strong left tackle right now in the NFL is because of Bobby Petrino. And why, you know, he may get a Super Bowl ring with our Seattle Seahawks. So you, you never know. It's all because of Bobby and his persistence
1: on perfection. My recurring question to our Cards fans out there are now that we are officially, I won't say the laughing stock, I don't want to blow this out of proportion. But we are.
2: You, you can say it. We
1: kind of are the laughing stock of the local and national media. Right now we are. Will it go away when we have success? Sure. We got Clint Hurt, we got Bobby Petrino, we got Rick Patino, and there's going to be all sorts of photoshops, all sorts of jokes, and they are funny. You can't deny they're not. I mean, they're funny jokes. We are the Oakland Raiders of college football. But but we're not going to drop off like that. We're going to win. Give us a call, Oxmoor, Ford Lincoln, Buzzline, 384-1450. Do you embrace being the butt end of these jokes? Do you like it? We're going to win. Do you like it? If you're a Kentucky fan, how happy does it make you? We're going to head to the Buzzline buzz right now where we got our man, Truth on the line with us. He's going to break down IU like nobody could ever break down Indiana sports. Truth, give it to us.
5: Man, I can't believe y'all happy about Bobby Vitrino. (laughs) What do you think of the higher truth? I mean, he's going to win. I thought uh, winning and winning the national championship, two different things. You know, here's what I have a problem with Louisville fans. Okay, the y'all, I ain't gonna hate on you. I ain't gonna y'all been winning, y'all be some. But now let's see every week next starting in August and September, where you start playing a uh, harder schedule, and then we'll see how far your program, football program, go. Cause Kentucky and Indiana play in the SEC in the Big Ten, we play every week. We playing somebody in the top ten, top five. Louisville, uh, Bob Petrino. What he didn't do, he done good down uh, uh, Texas. Uh, uh, I can't think. Arkansas,
1: Western Kentucky.
5: Arkansas. Yeah, he done good down there, but he didn't win no championship. that's what people felt to realize. We all there's there's a whole lot of great coaches like Oregon and Oregon Duck. They win games, but they don't win. Championship. That's why I like about Coach Strong. He's going to Texas, and he's going to win a national championship down in Texas. It's tough to argue that. with that
1: truth, you know. I think <clears throat> he definitely has a better chance to win a national championship at Texas, where football is king, football is god in Texas. He That's has right. all, all the resources world in the world. He's got the best, most fertile recruiting grounds. He's got the boosters. He's got everything. You can't really fault Charlie for taking that job. All things being equal, if I got to choose between Bobby or Charlie
5: to stay here for the rest of their careers, I'll be honest, I'd still go with Charlie. You know why I'm looking Here's the, everybody looking at They talk about points. But let's go back to people academic and their school. Look at what Betrino did when he was at the other school. they, they, they grades fell down. Let's be let's be real,
1: but there's let's an element real. there, truth. Of every time yes. a coach leaves, every time a coach leaves, I wouldn't be surprised if we heard reports um, that Charlie Strong left some Mets. I'm already a mess here. I'm already seeing oh, in- know, indications. Get, it happens every yeah.
5: time, truth, doesn't it? I agree. With, I agree with you 100. percent Because anytime you get players out of Florida, you're asking for trouble. <laughs>
1: Well, Truth, we, you know, we really appreciate your call. I know that, that your, your Hoosiers aren't doing that great in basketball this year. Before we let they you go. They're doing
4: great. Okay.
1: You
5: know, Hoosiers doing great. Indiana girls doing great. Okay. I I use uh, sports doing good. We get ready to win the World Series in uh, baseball. And the girls going to win a national championship. Yogi Fur is going to be player of the year. What are you talking about? You need to worry about of I use Got it going on, big
1: guy. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much for the call, Truth. I I hope to talk to you tomorrow, if not tomorrow, next weekend. Have a great rest of your weekend, Truth. The Weekend Sports Buzz each week is brought to you on Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 until noon by Brandon J. Lawrence, where J stands for justice. Matt McCarthy running the boards, Haven Harrington, the third in studio with me. Myself, Kelly Patrick, will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.
0: Listening to the weekend sports buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Heading Buzz Line at 384 1450. I'm thumbing my
1: way into North Carolina, staring up the road and pray to God I see headlights. I made it down the coast in 17 hours, picking me a bouquet of dogwood
3: flowers, and I'm hoping for Riley I can see my baby tonight.
0: Welcome
1: back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Matt has determined the theme of the music for our show. And it all has to sound similar to Bobby, the ballad of Bobby Petrino after his infamous motorcycle accident while at Arkansas. Is that what the theme is about, Matt?
3: There's not really a theme,
1: but I guess
0: if you...
3: We
1: just you, decided, you decided
0: put, to go... Well, I
1: played Michael Jackson last...
3: Break. in, Beat
1: it. You put, you played the, the Ballad of Bobby Petrino three he times. You could relate then. all these
3: songs to Bobby Petrino, I guess. Somehow. You did?
1: Okay.
2: Well, you, know, you see what? That's the greatness of this Bobby Petrino. He is the muse for even musicians. Not, not only talented offensive athletes, but musicians as well. You see, that's what's awesome. That's what's awesome. Bobby, and we love you for it. Just keep inspiring the musicians here of Kentucky to write great songs about you and your trials and tribulations in Arkansas, your trials and tribulations here in the greatness it is, to the city of Louisville. But that's okay, Bobby, because we all know what you're going to do, Bobby. We all know you're going to win. The only question is how many wins you're going to have next season then how many more wins you're going to have the season after that because every, every place he's been, he's always gotten better. His teams have always gotten better and performed better. And now he's going to have more talent than he's ever had at any location he's ever been. Even more talented have had with Ryan Mallett and, uh, and everybody in Arkansas. This team's way more talented than any of his Arkansas teams. And this last year he went 11-2 and blitzed the SEC. So he knows how to coach on the biggest stages. He's coached at the biggest stages. And I he's coming here. He's going to win. And that's, and that's why Tom George got him. Because he wanted somebody could take us to ACC, knowing we got to go to Notre Dame. Knowing FSU's coming, knowing Clemson's coming, knowing that we have to fight the, and battle the, the rigors that is the ACC, knowing we have Neil Brown and Mark Stoops is going to bring a revitalized and uber talented Kentucky team. They're going to come back here the last game of the season, chest pumped out. They're going to be hyped up, ready to battle the universal over here. He needed a hired gun. He needed somebody can keep the momentum that he knew they would win. There'd be no shot of a doubt he was ever going to win.
1: <laughs> it's a great hire by. And you. here comes Bobby. Here comes Bobby on his white horse uh, to, to take away the, 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 the Louisville football program into the ACC. In a, in a sense, you could argue, to appease the fans and the stylistic approach that Charlie Strong and Sean Watson had last year, that it was a perfect storm. The jerk probably saw this coming last year when Charlie was, uh, you know, legitimately flirting with Tennessee. He brought Bobby in, he helped him get the job at Western Kentucky, and now he, he's let him slide in right in time to take the the great, uh, you know, mixture of skill position talent that Charlie Strong and Clint Hurt and this Ron Dugans and everybody has assembled. Devontae Parker, James Quick, Eli Rogers, Robert Clark, Gerald Christian, and Will Gardner with a, Pro style approach. It's perfect. This is going to sell tickets. Are they going to win every game? Probably not. Will they and, go, but will they you go know 7 what? and 5?
2: But you know, Bobby's record at home at both Western, Arkansas, and Louisville is very, very, very impressive. So it, it'll be interesting to see what's going on. I think we have a caller. Are you there, caller?
1: Carolina, yeah. Carolina Steve is on the line with us. How are
2: you doing this oh, morning, Carolina? Carolina.
0: What do you
1: what do you have for us, Carolina? What's going on in your world of sports? We know what's going on here in the Louisville area. What's going on well, in the world of sports big, for you? The
4: big thing is Daytona. All right. They went uh, yesterday, they got rained out on Thursday, and they put the cup cars on the truck. And my new favorite driver was the fastest yesterday. And it was in a very familiar number. Austin Dillon, in the number three car, was the fastest down there. And a matter of fact, the top three cars were all from Richard Childress Racing. So that made me very, very happy.
2: Good deal.
4: And, uh, Danica was in the top ten, so was Junior. Uh, today, the, the, uh, Grand the Bush Grand National—that's what I call them. The nationwide cars. Now they're going to be down there today in Dubai, and tomorrow, and maybe Tuesday. Are going to be the trucks. So I, I've, I've got my recorder set at uh Old Fox Sports One, so I can watch them run down there and everything. And uh we only got forty-three days until the of Five Hundred, Kelly.
1: Forty-three days.
4: That To me, that is the start of the sporting season after. And tomorrow, I'll talk to you more about this tomorrow, but my football team's got a big game tomorrow. Who, who is that, Carolina?
1: Oh, the, the, your Carolina Panthers. That is correct.
4: They, I, I can say that I honestly have pulled for the Panthers since the very first day they were starting. And I like them. I even had, uh, in the early days, there was a, uh, backup tight end who I'd helped coach in Washington, North Carolina, who played there, Walker Rasmussen from Wake Park University. And I got to go see them play my former favorite team, the Oakland Raiders. So, uh, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, uh, the Panthers. My cousin, uh, my cousins has had season tickets since day one. And I know the family gonna be up there tailgate. They've enjoyed it. But how am I actually going to go see the best basketball team in the state of Kentucky today? Bellerman. Bellerman
1: University. Who's Bellerman play today, Carolina? Excuse me? Who does Bellerman? Who do the Bellerman Knights play today?
4: I don't know. I just know they play. I uh, good proof for Coach Davenport. He got me a ticket. I'll be behind the bench. And here's something, Kelly, that uh, one of the reason he likes to have me there. This will be the start of the third year. In two years, I have never seen him lose a home basketball game.
2: That's impressive because they just beat the number one team uh, last night Or uh, Drury. They were, uh, they, they yeah, were the champions it, last year, and they beat them. So that was a yeah, very was, big win for Bellman. Didn't
4: did 34-game losing streak? He has five players in double figures and one just outside of it. The one just outside of it is the one I'm interested in seeing playing. He's the Albany Bulldog, Donnie Hale, who from Purdue University. And, uh, so I'm interested in seeing him play today. I just, I'm going because I don't want them to have a big letdown. You know, you know how teams could beat other teams that didn't have a letdown? I don't want to see them have a letdown today. And, uh, I'll talk to y'all bar about, about the uh, game and uh, tell y'all what it was like and everything, and uh, I'm looking forward. Oh, didn't Carlo
1: going to the Daytona 500? He says he's going to. We'll see, Carolina. Yeah, we'll, Carlo's yeah. constantly saying he's going to go to one of these races with you. I mean, I'm sure, Carlo, you're We're, listening. We'll, we'll see what you got. Let's let's see you show up. Daytona. I would love to go to Daytona. I've been to the 500
2: before, and I would love to go back. Because I'm, I'm a well, car as NASCAR fan.
4: Okay, I want you and Carlo to take the show up to uh, Kentucky Speedway. You need to go ahead and put in your request for uh, media passes and put my name on it, too, so I can go with y'all, and we'll go around, and I know a few people in the – on some of the teams, I can, I can get them a raise where uh, y'all can get some uh, interviews with them and, uh, you, you know, you could run it on the thing, and you'll just have a fantastic time. It's a totally different world at the we Will
1: do, Carolina. Thank you very much for the call. Have a great rest of your weekend, and I look forward to speaking with you probably tomorrow. Okay. Have a nice day. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. Are you going for the Panthers? The game is at Carolina. Yet the, the 49ers are favored by one according to Vegas. Who do you think is gonna win that game, Haven? Hey,
2: that's 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 gonna be a tough game. That's gonna be a tough game. You know what? I'm gonna break that game down when we come back, and we want you guys to give us a call when we come back from a break at 384-1450, Docsmore Lincoln uh, Buzz Line. and let's talk some NFL football. When we come back on the weekend sports buzz. <laughs>
0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports bus. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384 1450.
4: making my way on five skates. No question, I was speed for books and whips. The combination made my eyes bleed. No question, I would flow off and try to get the door. shaking up white boys on ballpoints. My
1: life got no better. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Matt McCarthy running the boards for us, bringing us in with Cream and the Wu-Tang. Haven Harrington, Kelly Patrick.
2: I challenge you to relate
0: that to Bobby Petrino there, Kelly.
2: That specific song. Cash rules everything around me. Does it? Man, look, this is is college sports. Big time college sports is all about money. It is a business. It is strictly, like, like EPMD would say, strictly business. I mean, you cannot make as much money as these college programs are making now, as much money as the conferences are making now. It's all about money. I mean, what do you think all the conference realignment was about? It was all about money, chasing TV money, trying to get the most attractive matchups you can so you could sell your conference and the TV rights to Fox Sports, to CBS Sports, to ABC, which owns ESPN, to get as much money as you possibly can. That's why when Louisville goes to ACC, we could have matched Texas offer. I mean, we're already the most profitable, the most profitable basketball program in the country by far. It's not even close. We could have easily afforded to pay, you know, six, seven million dollars if we wanted to to keep Charlie strong here. Because we're gonna make an additional seventeen million dollars just by going to the ACC and their uh, T V rights and their T V rights. And they still haven't finished the deal that they're working on
1: for the ACC network. No question about it, the profitability of the Louisville program and the future partnership and membership in the ACC is a huge reason why Louisville continues to be in the runnings for, you know, continuing to pay all these very impressive defensive coaches or, you know, assistant coaches and Bobby Petrino and we get to keep Tom Jurek. I mean, if we had a, a any chink in the armor of this profitable sports university that is the university of louisville we would lose guys like tom jurek we would not be able to keep rick patino around we would not be able to to pay bobby Petrino, even though he's making i think just a little bit less than what charlie strong was 3.3 million is still a lot of money well but but yeah but louisville has to pay that
2: much to show that we are a premier program so when bobby leaves retires whatever the next coach comes in knowing this is a premier program And you can tell because of how much we pay. And and just imagine how much more money Louisville is going to make, not just because extra money we get from the ACC, but as we start to expand our stadium, that's even more money. You know, ticket prices will continue to go up. The amount of donations for season tickets will continue to go up, especially as, as the Yum Center bleeds more money. Um, you know, you're gonna start to see a ticket price go up as you go to ACC, ticket price will go up. They're gonna charge more now for games because you we are will be seeing FSU, Miami, Clemson, you know, Virginia Tech and other story programs come in here week in, week out. You know, we will have a home and home or a way and away, whatever they decide to do with Notre Dame. So, you know what it, it is what it is. We continue to make money and we will be we'll be in a great position going forward because we are now. Well, as of July the 1st, we, w- we will be the number one athletic department in the
1: ACC. As far as total revenue? As far as total revenue. Cash rules, everything around me. I mean, please, that, that right there, Matt. There we go. We did it. We did it.
2: Now, I'm about to bring us to Kentucky. <laughs> the great thing about having Mark Stoops and the energy that's now resurgence in Lexington is... You're gonna to have to start. You're gonna start to get more and more sellouts now at Commonwealth Stadium. They're actually gonna to start to revamp Commonwealth Stadium, which is woefully needs an upgrade. I mean, it's woefully needs an upgrade, and it's it's good to see Barnhart finally put some money behind the football team because a lot of Kentucky fans don't realize this is that it's the football team. Makes way more money than a basketball team because of revenue sharing. Because of revenue sharing with SEC football, so the more money the football team can generate, the more money you can pay Cal, his mistresses, and everything else.
1: So you know it all just kind of you know it all kind of goes together. Not although the University of Kentucky football program is very exciting, I'm going to steer the conversation back to Louisville. CoachingSearch.com reports that Petrino has his sights set on Middle Tennessee State Defensive Coordinator Tyrone Nix. And in front of me, I have Tyrone Nix's Wikipedia page. Very high scientific research we do here on the Weekend Sports Bus. He's 41 years old. He was a linebacker during his playing days from 90 to 93 at Southern Miss. He was on the coaching staff at Southern Miss for quite some time. In 2005, he left Southern Miss, went to South Carolina, Is the uh, co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach? I think at the same time Ron Cooper was there. Okay. That may be the case. South Carolina goes to Ole Miss from 2008 through 2011 where he's the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. That's a pretty good job. From 2012 and 2013, he was the defensive coordinator for Middle Tennessee. Is this a downgrade from what we expect from the Petrino staff? Uh, it's just not the impact hire
2: that you wanted. I mean, a little fans were hoping to get Gene Chiswick, was hoping to get a Randy Shannon, maybe even a keep Vance Bedford on, you know, things of that nature. Uh, you know, this was, you wanted a splash and we haven't got that splash. I also wanted a guy to recruit and recruit well. And with Kevin Steele, you had a guy that was the 2005 recruiter of the year. So you had that, 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 that recruiting there. And now with Tyrone Knicks, you don't have that. He's a solid defensive coordinator, there's no doubt, but he's not the splash and the flash that you're looking for. But sure, the last eight minutes of the show. All right. Just to digress just just a little bit. By all means. Let's talk a little bit NFL. Only because it's playoff and you got some great games. San Diego-Denver. The rematch. The first game. San Diego. Goes in to Mile High Stadium. I'm still calling it Mile High. I don't care who bought it out. It's still Mile High, mile high to me. Goes into Mile High Stadium and beats up on your Denver Broncos.
1: So it's, they, they, it's can beat them.
2: they can beat them. They can beat them. And I will say this. They're playing arguably the greatest quarterback ever in Peyton Manning, who had the greatest season arguably ever for a quarterback. But Peyton Manning. Is a suspect playoff quarterback. Nine and eleven. He has known to choke during the playoffs and choke hard. With history repeat itself, because they should have beaten the Ravens last year and choked it away. Will they be able to beat
1: your San Diego Chargers? I think the win. My question is if the, the Chargers manage to beat the Broncos. And Peyton Manning is now nine and twelve in the playoffs. What does that do to his legacy? Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer. I'd, I'd argue he's the greatest quarterback ever. Even better,
2: than Eli, even punked but by Philip Rivers but at t- home. But come out—is he better than Eli, his brother? His brother has two rings, two rings, and arguably you could say that in those Indianapolis years, especially those after he won a Super Bowl, you know, he had almost just as talented team as uh, the New York Giants, but he never could just get over the hump. So what do what do you think? I mean,
1: there's no question that what Peyton Manning has done to the the, the offensive quarterback position and schemes in the NFL trickled down into. I see it in Teddy Bridgewater. Um, it has revolutionized in large part what NFL quarterbacks and even high school and, and and college quarterbacks what they try to do. Everybody wants to be Peyton Manning. You're div- you know you're calling plays at the line of scrimmage. Um, it's a different game because of him. I would still choose Peyton Manning in any given game throughout the history in his prime over anyone else. Eli has a much better playoff record. He has a much better playoff record. And you could argue earlier my point of of consistently streakiness, which leads to Joe Flacco and and people winning Super Bowls. Eli Manning has that mastered. Yeah, Eli Manning has it mastered. Peyton Manning doesn't. If Peyton Manning somehow does beat the Chargers tomorrow, and then he advances from the AFC Championship game. They will to, lose to New England. In New Jersey, right? Yes. In the snow, possibly. How will Peyton Manning hold up in those adverse weather conditions? He's He doesn't like that. He's, he's, he's an old man. That's that's hell for somebody like Peyton but, Manning. But no, he's playing in Denver outside in the
2: cold right now. So i not to give it to him. You know what? I'm going to go on a limb. I know everybody thinks Denver's going to win. I'm going to go on a limb. Lightning strikes twice. I'm taking the Chargers. It could happen. Lightning strikes twice. It could happen. Carolina, San Francisco. Another great game. Now, this is the only game that Vegas has as a pick'em. This is it. Every other game, the favorites are scheduled in by seven at least. Uh, Seattle's favored by seven. Uh, Denver's favored by more than seven. And uh, New England's favored by more than seven. This is the only game that Vegas oddmakers pick as a uh, as a pick'em. as a toss-up. San Francisco
1: by one. Road team. Who do you have? San Francisco's, I would say, probably got the better defense, but the Panthers are right there, too. They've got one of the best defenses in the league also, and they're at home. You know, Who's the better quarterback? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm still not convinced
2: on Cam Newton just yet. I'm, I'm just not convinced yet. Colin Kaepernick, I think, is, is a better quarterback, and I think he has the edge because all his weapons are back and healthy. You know, for much of the season, know Crabtree was out. You uh, know, he was missing some other, you know, receivers, things of that nature, which really hampered the offense. I think now that they're healthy, um, you know, I I I I I I think now they're healthy. I don't know. I
1: don't know. I think I'm gonna have to go with a San Francisco, maybe the late game field goal. That's fair. That they've been there. They lost in the Super Bowl last year. Colin Kaepernick has a year under his belt of of playoff experience. This would be the opportunity to take the next step, to to be a sustained force in the NFL playoffs year after year. That's how it works. I want to encourage our listeners to stay tuned on 1450, the sports buzz after we're done at 12 o'clock noon, uh, to the Kentucky Heartbeat guys. They have Derek Anderson coming on. They're going to – I mean, we're, we're a little bit Louisville shaded. We can admit that. That's fine. I take pride in that. They're Kentucky guys, so we get a little bit of balance here on the sports buzz. That balance of force, Luke. Stay tuned for for to hear them talk to Derrick Anderson. I'm sure they'll talk about the DA? Kentucky basketball program in depth. Uh, a the lot great of-
2: the greatness that is the Kentucky basketball program. I had to give them their due. You know, they kind of catch their stride. They're still a young team. They're still playing to a level of competition, unfortunately. But as the season goes on, that that may change. They could talk about Mark Stoops and his great recruiting classes coming up how Kentucky may win four, maybe five games next year in football, maybe. It depends on, it depends, it depends on who Vanderbilt gets to be their head coach. Right now, Chad Morris is actually in the lead to take over the Vanderbilt job. Wow. So if that happens, they may not miss a beat and actually score more points. That could be scary for them. But now about the NFL talk, the last game, New Orleans, Seattle. Seattle, I mean, New Orleans is horrible, horrible on the road. They're 1-5. The only road win in the playoffs was last week when he beat Philadelphia in the snow in the bitter cold in Philadelphia that nobody saw coming everybody thought the Eagles were going to win handily the Eagles have been playing great the past three weeks of the season just blowing teams out they they blew up my Cowboys they blew up the Bears they were just raining fire and brimstone from from the sky but what happened The, the Saints found a defense Breeze founded a passing attack and a running game, and he brought it home. Can they beat Seattle, who is 15 and 15-1 at home? Seattle does not lose at home. I'm taking Seattle because
1: my man, Brill Jim told me they're going to take it. Seattle. We'll be back next Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 until noon with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.